Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, Director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you guys for joining us. We've got a lot of exciting things going on at the mission. But one of the more exciting things, in my opinion, is, Stephen, we're going to have some kind of a celebration uh, this year. Uh, could you remind me what that is? I think it's that the Union Gospel Mission has, is going to celebrate their 60th year in existence. Amen. Right? It's exactly correct. In 1962, the mission opened its door for the first time down on 2nd Street in what is now Old Sacramento, but was the slum back then. Right. And some very good Christian businessmen wanted to make an impact in the homeless community for uh, but with the gospel message. And so they opened up this storefront on 2nd Street. It was really a soup kitchen, bread, soup, and the gospel, yeah. and some singing of some old hymns, right? Yeah, that was basically and, it. And so God has honored that all these years, and over the course of the years, through different people that have been at the mission, he has used us all, and the mission has grown to what it is today. Stephen came to the mission 36 years ago, and so the mission was even way different back then, wasn't it? Oh, way different. Yeah, and um, grown leaps and bounds, but um, back then it was definitely smaller, um, it was, I always told the guys, it wasn't even, a, when I was on there, it was no graduation to speak of. You're there for three months, and if if you want to stick around and stay around, that's, that's fine. If not, then, you know, go and, and Just do go whatever's away. in your heart. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but uh, but the, the, the director had in mind something else, with, and God had something in mind, and put it in his mind, I should say, for me and some other guys to be, Part of of the the staff and uh, and we've yeah. grown leaps and bounds since then. But yeah, it was it's totally different. Even when I went through and and even in ten years after that, we have grown so much. And, and especially in the way we teach men through God's word and how we counsel people mm -hmm. um, and just how we interact with them is so much different than we did at first. And and of course, that's just about growth and about you know, really wanting to do, you know, the, what's the next thing we can do to help the guys to yep. to to really understand who God is and to accept him in his life, you know, in their lives, and then to carry on with that, to live that life. Yeah, and what Steve is talking about as far as the director, he's not talking about me. No. Uh, uh, he, he's <laughs> talking about Don Kirk, who right. was there. And Don, I'm not sure if he was the first mm. actual director. They were superintendents. Yeah, name of superintendents. At same kind of thing, really. Right. Just you know, just a change of the the name, but the position was pretty much the same. And he would start out as being called superintendent. Uh, but yeah, I think it was maybe two before him. Yeah, I think. Uh, Jack Hewitt. Yeah, Jack Hewitt. I remember. I don't remember the guy. The first gentleman. Ed, some Carnell, yeah, maybe. That, that sounds familiar. But the bottom yeah. line is, it doesn't matter what the names of the directors then or now is. I mean, I'm grateful to be there. But the whole idea, the mission doesn't belong to me, and the mission doesn't exist because of me, and the mission isn't isn't going to falter if I'm not there. 
as it didn't when Don was there. Don was at least 25 years the director of the mission. Yes. And I actually knew Don Kirk, but when Don left, the mission didn't fall apart. When Greg left, it didn't fall apart. And it has grown exponentially, truthfully, over the last years. But again, the whole idea in any ministry in God's kingdom is we don't want to make it our kingdom. We want to make it his kingdom, right? right? That's right. If it's our kingdom, we're in trouble yeah. because it's going to fail, right? <laughs> exactly. And we, wanted, we, we want it to be something that we're, it still exists because we're doing what God wants us to do. If we're doing something yep. contrary to what God wants us to do at the mission, then, yeah, we're it's going to fail. Yeah, and so, we've had our ups and downs, yeah, right? Right. I mean, it hasn't always been a straight. No, no, line it hasn't up. been a straight line up. We had, yeah, and whatever the case, we we want our hearts to be totally with you know with God leading us and not us just doing a job because it's a job. Yeah, I think. Stephen, of the staff that exists, you've been there the long... Greg has been there. Greg is about a year behind me. About a year behind you, and Jimmy is gone. Jimmy Jimmy was, yeah. He was there a little bit longer than you, right? Longer, not... uh, Yeah, it kind of breaks up. He was there before I was, then he left to to, to run another mission. Then he came back a a few years later, and I was there already. So in terms of of total... Sons of... uh, Years he's been there longer than I have, yes. You know what's amazing is, I've told you this, and I, I mean it. I, you know, I don't know why God brought me there, but we've talked about it so many times that our faithfulness to God, if if we are yielding ourselves to God, we don't need to be the sharpest crayon in the box, right? No, we just be able to color. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we need to be used, and when the color comes out, it's actually the color that it needs to be. Yeah, no, I guess. Uh, no, um, I get no, the analogy. But, but, you know, God uses it all for mm-hmm. His purposes, and it's uh, a tapestry. Yeah, huh? yeah, exactly. And so, Don is a part of it. Greg is a yeah. part of it. You and all the people that have worked there before are all part of the weaving of the tapestry. But it's God's tapestry. It's God's tapestry, and that, God is that weaver, just like. It is said in the Bible that we're the clay and he's the he's, he's the, the sculptor, right? And mm-hmm. so uh, we don't we're just grateful to be there being used by God, right? Yes, and uh, it's been a we have a great staff and we had staff yeah. in the past that have contributed, you know, the, using what God's given them, the talents he's given them and the insights. And uh, you know, just grateful to be able to be a part of what we do. I, I am so, oh, so blessed too. to be there. Um, Me too. And, you know, I was driving along with Stephen the other day. We were going to go, I was going to drop him off at the dealership to get his car. They had to replace something on the on on it. And so we were driving along, gave us an opportunity to just, and my son had called. And so I was yeah. talking to him and we were. T- I said, well, I'm just driving my friend Steve over to his car. And I thought about that later that, you know, one of the side benefits that, you don't always think about God put me in this position at the Union Gospel Mission, and he put people around me that had been there much longer than me, and Stephen became my friend, not just the guy that works with me, not just the assistant director. You know, uh, we've been out to dinner and and uh, 
He's been over to my house. I've been over to his house. And, and so we even had at one time cats that looked alike. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that uh, happened. Yeah, I don't know how that works, but uh, yeah. But the bottom line is that in service to God, you know, we see so many times the suffering, and there can be suffering when we serve God. There's going to come a time when somebody's not going to want what you've got. They're not going to listen to you, and they may hate you or resent you. And Jesus said, well, if they hate you, Hmm. they hated me first. And so we're in pretty good company. But along with that, over the course of the last 16 and a half years that I've been there, Stephen, along with some of those things that we had to ponder about and some of the difficulties, there's been a lot of time of laughter, too. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. We are a family there. Amen. That's, and that's, that's really certain. true. Whether you know we have staff there for only a year or two or have staff there for 20-plus, we always consider each other as family because we're in the family of God. Yeah, and, and there's and, there's some and stripes and we're, of time. Yeah, and we're a subset there at the Union Gospel Mission, but we're we're a family, and I like to, to to be able to, you know, have that relationship with with my fellow staff members. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the joys and the benefits uh, at being at the mission is you walk by every desk has a Bible on it somewhere. That's right. At least all the ones I've noticed, <laughs> and. We're prone to open those Bibles up when we're, well, wait a minute, what was, you know? That's right, yeah. And so. Don't get chastised for opening up the Bible. You are applauded. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's, you know, I I like that. Maybe I should look that up too. What what is that about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I need to remember that or apply that to my life or something of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I uh, love it. I like to pray for all the people at the mission every day. And, uh, you know, I guess I, there's been days I missed, but I, I try to pray for him every day. You know what a funny thing is, and you might try this at your homes. If, if you start praying for somebody every day, it draws you closer to them. And if you pray for somebody that, you know, like somebody who's used you or abused you or somebody you just don't like, you know, it's pretty hard to pray for somebody mm-hmm. and turn around and, and hate them. And hate them, right? <laughs> right? So Blessing and cursing cannot be, can, can't no, be together. They can't yeah. flow out of that no, same, the spring, same spring, can they? Right? Salt and fresh water. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, that's a, that's a good thought right there. But it doesn't always mean that it's, it's just always even keeled. We have, we're human beings, and so we have differences and everything. But the difference between that is that, as God's children, you're required to work these things out. You know, it may not always come out your way that you think it's your way, <laughs> but God honors those that humble themselves before him right. and and humble themselves to each other. To each other. I believe that. Uh, very shortly, I'm going to deliver a sermon on Philippians 2, and that's exactly nice. what the first part of that is about. And And look at... What a perfect model we have. He who spoke the universe into existence. He who has made everything through him and without him nothing was made that was made, right? Right. This awesome, powerful, loving God reached down and saved us and, and humbled himself. 
Well, what do you mean he humbled himself? He was Jesus, all right, really? He was Jesus, and he was the Lord, and yet he set his divinity, he didn't get rid of it, nope. but he didn't use his attributes for the most part. He humbled himself and became what? A man. A man. And, and he had to do that in order that you could be saved. So he didn't humble himself for himself. He humbled himself for us. And if he, you know what, I've so many times thought, if Jesus had turned, he wouldn't have even had to say anything. He could have, he could have turned everybody into dust who was crucifying him. And the angels certainly would have been there. And what did they say? How many was it? 140,000 that the angel killed at one time? So you're not talking about beings without power, right? That's right. But he came to do the will of the Father. And Amen. his will of the Father is to save mankind. But he did out him. of love, right? That's right. He didn't need us either. You know, people no. always think, well, he needed us. No, he didn't need us. No, he's self-sufficient. He wanted but us. He loves us so much that that's yep. what he wanted to do. Yep. Yeah. And he didn't even have to have us to worship him because the angels worship him. All creation worships him. I mean, there's an angel around the throne of God singing holy, 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 holy. holy all yes. the time. And so, wow. I mean, you know, he flies with one set of wings. He covers his eyes with another set of wings and his feet with another set of wings. Holy, holy, holy. And, and so we're blessed, don't you think, Stephen? Uh, amazingly so. Um, amazing grace. We should make a song out of that. You know what? I think it, it would work. Yeah. <laughs> it would be very insightful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a I, great song that is, though. I remember years and years ago, uh, I had done a sermon. I wasn't pastoring a church at the time, but people asked me to speak sometimes. And I was giving a sermon, and I brought John Newton up. And most people know who John Newton was. He wrote Amazing Grace, but what they don't know was he was a despicable guy. He was a womanizer. He was a slave ship captain. And even back in those days when it was legal, other captains looked at slave ship captains as being the bottom of the barrel. You know, you do it, but you're, yeah. you know. So he was all those things, but amazing grace got a hold of him. And just like some of us, he was going to clean up his act. <clears throat> he was going to treat the passengers who were forced passengers on his ship, he was going to treat them better. Better wasn't good enough for God. No. And he humbled him further. And before the throne of grace, he cried out. And if you ever want to see something that's amazing, go to John Newton's epitaph written on the stone that, that is at his grave. I don't remember the exact words, but it was something to the effect of, here lies John Newton, a, brigad a brigadine, a slaver of men uh, uh, who opposed God's word, saved by grace. And, you know, John Newton fought slavery to the last day of his life, and he did it with the greatest 
thing that he could, the biggest sword he could get, that was the Bible, and he did it the way a warrior of God needs to do it, on his knees. And so, can can the gospel change people? Oh, you betcha it can. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah. I think there was a guy named Saul of Tarsus that that happened to, right? Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, wow, God used him to be zealous and for him and not for what he supposed God was, about, who God was. And yep. uh, we ought to bet him for that two-thirds of the New Testament is written by that Saul who became Paul. It's exactly right. You know, it's a, such an amazing thing to think of Saul of Tarsus, who to the Christian church, I mean, he was, he was kind of like Hitler was yeah. to the Jews. And this killer of Christians, this self-righteous, uh, self-driven man, under the law of Gamaliel, you know, Gamaliel was called the beauty of the law, and that was his teacher, humbled before God, broken before God to be raised up to be the mighty apostle Paul. And you know what? You won't find in Paul's writings, even though he was... Like Steve said, two-thirds of the New Testament, it was his hand that wrote. It was God who inspired him to do it. Mm -hmm. But it was his hand that wrote, you won't, I don't care what anybody tells you, you will not find pride rearing its ugly head from Paul. Because he had it. He was the man. And yet, when when you hear him talk, he says, hey, you know what? As to the law, I was zealous. He gives us his pedigree, tribe yep. of Benjamin, all the way down the line, trained under the best. He was a Pharisee's Pharisee. Pharisee right. And so you think, wow, mm-hmm. you really full of yourself. And then he concludes it by saying what? I count all the things of the past mm-hmm. as to be refuge. Yep. Garbage. Yep. Uh, different translates so. and yeah. different things. That's, but yep. Uh, but, but it, was it nothing, all comes. In other words, yeah, it was nothing compared to <laughs> yep, knowing count Christ. It nothing for the greater, the exceeding glory of Christ, right? Yeah. So, what a gift! <laughs> I mean, grace is such a gift. And uh, Stephen, let me ask you something: How do you earn this grace? You don't earn it at all. <laughs> exactly. No. But it's given. It's given, freely it's given. Freely given. Yep. And uh, God is just so good. And uh, that's what we try to, to let the guys know on the program, you know, as they go through the program, that especially, uh, especially I see especially those who do not know Christ when they come on the program, but even those who have a understanding, but yet not fully know what, what God wants to do through it in their lives and, and how he went about it and why he, you know, the the why is something really good for guys to know why Christ, why, why God did this. Exactly. Because when you know you're lost, then you then you can be found. When you know why he did that, then you can understand why it's important. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're about to step off a cliff and you don't know it, and I grab you by the neck and throw you on the ground, you're probably going to come up swinging. mad. <laughs> But if you find out that I just grabbed you, threw you on the ground because you were about to fall 100 feet to the rocks and your death. Be very grateful. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. 
And so we see that at work and at play every day. And the guys, you know, this is something that they need to know. And you need to know that. And I need to know it. Think about this, that that our guys come to us and they go, well, you know, you don't know how bad I've been. Oh, well, ask them. You probably beat somebody down before, huh? Yeah, I did that. You stole or you did this. Yeah, I did that. Oh, have you have you beaten, imprisoned, and killed Christians just because you thought you were right? Well, no. Well, Paul did. <laughs> so if God can forgive Paul, you have not gone beyond He's there. Gone His saving grace. Yeah. Yeah, and and what's it say about sin? It says that. You know, there's no sin that isn't common to man. You know, you think your sin is the worst. Paul said, I'm the chief Chief of of sinners. sinners, Right, exactly. Right? And and most Christians I know at some point have thought, I'm the chief of sinners. Because, and the worst part is that even when you're out there doing all those things before you come to Christ, you you fool yourself into thinking they're all okay, but somewhere in your heart you know yeah. it's not it's so, not, right? Yeah, and you know it's wrong. So and, yeah, amongst confessions, let me just confess to you that even after I came to Christ, I did some things I'm certainly not proud of. You know, it was a long time ago. But even now, uh, there, you know, when anger in my heart raises or something like that, I, I still... I go, wow, you know, look at look at how I'm feeling, look how I'm thinking. And then it occurs to me that's nothing compared to the way you used to think and act, right? God is always working on us to to get us to be looking like to look like Christ. Sanctification. And that's what we want to do. Sanctification. Yep. And it's a daily process. Sometimes it is. it's a minute by minute process, but <laughs> but um, um but the journey is is it's glorious. Sometimes it we have to go back again, right? Yeah. Sometimes. Oh, I did that again. Oh, come, I did that again. <laughs> uh, and don't misunderstand. Sin is no laughing matter. If you're walking in Christ Jesus, you're not saved by works. You're saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourself. Lest any man should boast. However, if you are a regenerate individual who is seeking the Lord, your heart is going to want to do what is right. Amen. That's, it, that's the word right there. Yeah, no, because if, if you come if you come and tell me, well, I'm saved by grace through faith, and you know what? I'm forgiven. No matter what I do, I can never be lost. And so I'm going to go out, and I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to do all this stuff. I, okay, accepting. I don't think you ever I met Jesus. You, yeah, you truly met the Savior. Yeah. Because that wouldn't be your thought pattern. Yeah, no. And so we've only got a minute, Stephen. Uh, Is there anything you'd like to say to our esteemed guests? (laughs) Well, again, I thank you so much for for your donations, but more for your prayers for for admission, for individuals at the mission, as well as just the mission itself, that we continue to do what we're doing, that we're able to, to, to bring the gospel message to people who, need to know the love of Christ. Amen. And I echo those same things. We covet your prayers and not covet in a bad way. We we love the prayers of the saints for us. And 
So until we meet again, my dear friends, for Steve and I both, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.